You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello again. Hello. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. How about you? I'm good. I'm still drinking this coffee. I made a double this morning. Double. It's real good. Wow. I used, uh, this is, you know, no one asked me this, but I'm (laughs) going to share the fact that I made it with oat milk, just like someone who would make it with oat milk. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, no one asked. No one asked if you made it with oat milk. But a person who does, they'll tell you anyway. They will tell you. And that's me. Just like a vegan would. I guess so. It's actually, it is a vegan product. It says that on the, bo- uh, on the carton. I think it's great. I mean, I'm not, I, don't, I couldn't, I, I don't think I could live that life. But I, I loved trying uh, new things like this. I hear tell that milk is not particularly good for you, which is disheartening to me. Mm. Because I love cereal and I love spicy food. Yeah. I have almost every meal I eat is a spicy meal. So milk is obviously a red and here it I is. am making a full conversion. Does oat milk taste sweeter than normal milk? Or is uh, it bleh, right I'm sure you could get some that have more of a, a sweetened nature, but it's it's a, if you have a good one, right? So I've tried a couple. I'm going to throw one brand under the bus. Califia, as I assume how you pronounce it. A uh, little too flavor forward. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be egregious to say. It would be it would be uh, an exaggeration to say to use a word like cardboard, but it's a word I would use. <laughs> um, I'm using uh, uh, one right now. I got I got two because I'm like I want to give this a good shot. It's called Oat Yeah. Oat Yeah. It's t- technically a silk brand, but their their branding is almost like a subbranding. They're like little tiny tiny word, and then the big words are Oat Yeah. I'm like okay, we'll give that a shot. <laughs> It's splendid. I love it, and it's in the coffee I'm drinking right now, powered by oat milk. Oat milk. That's brought the official to sponsor you. of the Horizon Church podcast. Wow, no, it's, uh, they're not a sponsor, but <laughs> that would be what a specific thing. To... I drink it every one, every single one. I'd be drinking it. There we go. It's good stuff. Get the video stuff. Just thought I'd force that upon you. I receive this. I receive it. Thank you. Just like I receive the gift of rest. Oh. Wow, you like that little segue? Wow. Tell me more. Because we're on to. The fourth commandment. You don't say. And the fourth commandment is the commandment about the Sabbath. Keeping the Sabbath. Hmm. Wow. Never would have heard. (laughs) That sentence doesn't even make sense. I don't know. I just had to say something. (laughs) I must fill the silence. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no. So we're on to the fourth commandment, which does have to do with keeping the Sabbath. So before we actually get into the text, just for fun, because I just think this is fun. I don't know. This is what we do on podcasts, I guess. I don't know. But uh, Sabbath is our English reflex for the Hebrew word Shabbat. Shabbat. Which just means stopping or stoppage or cessation. Cessation. So you could say that the Sabbath... Sabbath is literally the stopping day. Oh. That's it. Just that's the stopping uh, day. The cessation day. Feels the, anticlimactic. I know. It, it does. But yet it also feels very formal to me, like the stopping day. Is this why they did it on Saturday? Well, Different we'll get into day, that. Yeah, yeah, just, we'll yeah. get into that. I was going to say, I was about to get ahead of myself there. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's another fun fact. Linguistically speaking, we basically did the same thing with the word Sabbath as we did baptize. Oh, Baptizo. yeah. We just, just like, we're, we're just like, yeah, we're just going to steal it. Yeah, just, yeah, that's exactly it. We're just <laughs> like, yeah, we're just going to just you know, transliterate it. We're not even going to bother trying to translate it per se. That's just some fun stuff for you. I like that. I like when we do that. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) here's the passage in Exodus. Exodus 28 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
On it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So that's that's the primary text for the Sabbath, Yeah, Exodus. So before we go on much further to discuss this command, I actually want to read the iteration of this command that we find in the book of Deuteronomy. Okay. Which is another fun thing. Deuteronomy just means second law. So it's like the second giving of the law. So not only is it a reiteration, but it's specifically reiterating this point. Yes. And uh, we, we find this in Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. This is all sounding familiar so far. Mm. This is where it's going to get a little different. That your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. Mm. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Early on, the words were almost lifted verbatim, Mm -hmm. and then we just take a left turn there. Yeah, right from the get-go, we see two pretty seemingly distinct reasons given for the Sabbath command. Yeah. And while they are indeed distinct, they're really just two sides of the same coin. Big surprise. Consistency. What? (laughs) So to come back to the iteration of this command in Exodus, we're told the people are to observe the Sabbath because the Lord did. He created the universe in six days and rested on the seventh, which thus hallowed that day. And in the Hebrew calendar, the seventh day happens to be Saturday. That's why Saturday, Sabbath, etc. But in Deuteronomy, we're told that the people were to observe the Sabbath so that they might have rest and refreshment from their labors. So we're starting to see this provision for well-being. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very clear when it's like even the livestock. Yeah. Like they're not reminiscing. They're not remembering. (laughs) But there's a clear pragmatic benefit being laid out. Like this is for your betterment. Yes, it is. And I do think it is very interesting to point out that creation is included in that, like animals and beasts, that God cares for them too. He does care for the animals. In fact, there are whole... It's interesting. You read... I'm in Leviticus in my reading right now, which is fun. Um... It actually is, depending on how you read it. We talked about this in a creative commentary yeah. way back when. But, I mean, you get all kinds of laws about the care of animals, too. Mm. Like, there's all kinds of laws about the care of human beings, of course. But sure. then you get laws, I mean, it seems so random. Like, don't boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Don't muzzle an ox while it's treading the grain. Like, all these things that say, care for the beasts among you, too. You know, care for the animals. I'm here for that. There is something that, I mean, God created them, too. Exactly. Anyway, that is, I just think that's fun and that's, cool. And that's where we throw back to the oat milk. That's it. Oat milk. <laughs> drinking that <laughs> that other milk. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, <laughs> there are connections to everything, see? <laughs> so, anyway, if I were to sort of simplify this... I'd say that Exodus gives us the theological foundation for the Sabbath and Deuteronomy gives us the anthropological reasons oh, for the okay. Sabbath. Okay. Whoa, big words. Word. Yeah, I'm glad do, you do, said do, that. Do, do. I didn't have to. <laughs> so that's just my fancy way of saying Exodus links the command to God's action and our relationship to God. Deuteronomy links the command to man's need. Okay. So in other words, like, yeah, it's for our betterment and our refreshment that we're told we need to rest. So, 
Of course, all the commandments are a gift in some sense, right? The Ten Commandments in particular help the people understand how to properly relate to God and to one another. Sure, so in that yeah. sense, they're a gift. The Sabbath, though, I think you could make the case was particularly a gift mm -hmm. to the people. As Christ himself would go on to say, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a good stinger. Yeah, because the thing was is that later on, by the time you get to Jesus's day, the Sabbath became this, oh my gosh, what a weight. Yeah. All these things that you had to do. It was clearly not for refreshment at that yeah, point. Yeah, you were not resting anymore. It was like you were worrying about keeping every iota and jot and tittle of the extra traditions that had been thrown on top of the initial yeah. command. Nothing restful about that. But in its original state, as it was originally intended, it was a set-apart day for rest and for worship. The Book of Numbers particularly lays out the type of offerings that were supposed to be made mm. on the Sabbath. So it was also a day for worship. It was yeah. set apart not just for rest, but for worship. But it was also taken seriously. There was a certain weight and gravitas to it. Not of the same. We're not talking about like what happened in Jesus' day when the Pharisees, you know, butchered it to literally almost hell and back. Yeah. But it was taken seriously as a set-apart day. I mean, you could receive the death penalty for violating the essence of the command as God had given it, as you could for violating a number of the other commands. We so, even have an example of that happening, don't we? Yeah. That is, that's spooky. Yeah. I think, was it in Joshua or Numbers? No, I'm thinking it's Numbers. <laughs> Fact check me on that later. But where the whole community is resting and mm -hmm. they're doing what they're supposed to do. And then one of the guys like, no, I'm going out to pick up sticks. I'm doing it. Pick up sticks. Yeah. Like, that's man. That's embarrassingly trivial. Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? Like, it's, it's almost like you are just going out there to try to make a point. Like, to be like, sticks. I ain't doing that. I'm going to pick up sticks. Yeah. Not firewood. I mean, yeah, maybe that's what it was for. But it's uh, the word is actually sticks. Yeah. Which makes like, it more embarrassing. Yeah. Just like, what are you doing, oh, man? That's going to be rough. Yeah. So. All this to say, this is actually probably the most difficult slash contested commandment of the Ten as far as how it fits into the New Covenant. That's weird. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like, I mean, do we still keep a Sabbath? Are we totally freed from the Sabbath? If we do keep the Sabbath, how do we keep it? Like, no one is having these questions about, do we still honor our father and mother? Like, you know, no one's asking that question. Like, yeah, of course we still honor our father and mother. In fact, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, can I just add another question to the pile as we're looking at this? Yes. For the first time, I think I looked at this from the other side of the commandment as, as you read the full context here yeah. it describes six days you shall labor yeah. which culture i mean culturally we have established a two-day weekend mm -hmm. and i mean yeah that's changed through the decades and in the scope of current career fields but we we typically paint it as two days even yeah. if they're not side by side theoretically that leaves five for labor if i got my math right <laughs> uh, is, is, Zach, it, that. <laughs> is the six days thing just a cultural difference is is there an expectation of six days is that just is that carrying over the creation motif to make a make a connection for that audience mm -hmm. to say, oh, even God rested, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna use the one and six? Why is that the thing? Yeah, at least in the commandments as given in Exodus and Deuteronomy, it's linked to the fact God created in six days and then the seventh day was rested. So that that ratio is tied to God's work. Okay, so it's not his rest. It's not a prescription. It's a context. Yeah, and, and as far as the Israelite context, yeah. if you were a part of the theocratic government of Israel under the kingship of, say, David, or under the leadership of Moses back then, or the judges, etc., it was, you know, you work your six days, and then you, you rest on the seventh, and, mm. like, that was the expectation. Oh, wow. We get into all kinds of weirdness because... 
well, that's where the difficulty comes in was how does this command relate to the yeah. new covenant and all of that. And still, ironically, we're going to get into this more at the end of the episode, but even with a two-day weekend as we have it now, yeah. I still don't think most of our modern problem is we rest too much. I yeah. don't think that's our problem. That's interesting. Even with a two-day well, weekend. There are some modern cultures that have a more restrictive period of work through the week. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have fewer hours, fewer days. It's it's very interesting to see how quickly we normalize something. Yeah. And it's also funny because you were talking about an agrarian society here. What's like that? we work our... That's nice. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, most of us, I don't know if I want to say most of us, there are a number of us in the modern West who work white collar, you know, nine to five jobs sure. in an office. And then, you know, that's, that's our work nine to five. We're done. Again, that's the way it's you know laid out to be. Most of us work more than that. But in an agrarian society, it was like you were farming from oh yeah yeah sun up to sundown. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a, just all kinds of different stuff happening. But as far as this command actually goes, and as far as the explicit command of the Sabbath goes, the Sabbath is the only command not specifically reiterated as a command. In the New Testament. That is unique. It's mentioned many times, but never specifically as a... Directive. Yeah, as a command. So, like, for instance, we talked about obeying your your father and mother. Paul, in Ephesians, says, honor your father and mother. And then he, he cites the reason why. He says, for it is the first command with a promise that you may live long in the land. I mean, he ties it directly to the giving of the Ten Commandments. Obviously, you know, we're not supposed to murder. Like, that's reiterated as a command. Yeah. You shall not covet. That's reiterated as a command. The Sabbath is not reiterated as a command explicitly and specifically in that format. But just just so we get a feeling for how the Sabbath is discussed in the New Testament, here's a sampling, three passages related to the Sabbath in the New Testament. Uh, Matthew 12, 9-13, Jesus went on from there and entered their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? Yeah, of course. So he said to them, which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. To do good. Yeah, mm. bang. So, of like course, that. then he heals the man and, exactly. you know, bang, bang, bang. Mm. If someone's leaving their sheep in the pit, I'm just going to throw them in the pit. Yeah. Just be like, how do you like that, buddy? <laughs> yeah, like, you don't leave your sheep in the pit. Like, of course you're going to go lift it out. And then, like, how much more than this man who has a withered hand, like, I'm going to heal him. Like, Absolutely. Pff, golly. Hebrews 4, 8 through 10. For if Joshua had given the Israelites rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God rested from his. So So you see the mirror again. Yeah, exactly. And then here's the passage I think I really want to kind of home down on. Colossians 2, 16 through 18. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. This is one of the most interesting ones. Yeah. I do think that passage from Colossians is the clearest. He just says, let no one pass judgment on you regarding a Sabbath. So, interestingly enough, the church didn't keep the seventh day as a Sabbath. Even in the church, this wasn't kept to as it was in the old covenant, okay? So, what I mean by that is the church worshipped on the first day of the week, Sunday. Okay. Not the seventh day. 
okay. by Saturday. Now, why did they do that? Because that was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Okay. By the time of Revelation, John is actually calling it the Lord's Day, yeah. which is where we get that terminology from. You've probably heard of that Sundays ago. It's the Lord's Day. That comes from John in the book of Revelation. He calls it the Lord's Day. I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day. If you're talking about the apostolic fathers, the church fathers, the men who were leading the church right after the apostles into the first and second centuries, if you read the epistle of Barnabas, what he says is, we keep the eighth day, which he's... Eighth? Can you what? Yeah, the eighth day. They had different weeks than us? <laughs> So what he's referring to there is Sunday, but they in the ancient church talked about the eighth day as like it was the day of new creation. Do they have two Mondays? That's, <laughs> That's the worst. Could you imagine? Yeah, but they refer to that as like, so you had the seventh day where God, you know, in creation, God rested on the seventh day. And then what they viewed Christ's resurrection work as was the beginning of a kind of like the restoration of a new creation order. And it was this eighth day. Okay. It's like, it was like ushering in this brand new kind of like time, which might be a fun episode to get into later because I realize that that explanation probably confuses us more than it actually clarifies things. But maybe another topic for another fun episode for another time. But he was referring to Sunday. Yeah. And he said, we keep the eighth day with joyfulness, the day also on which Jesus rose again from the dead. So the church from early on viewed Sunday as a special set apart day. And that was when they worshiped. Now, the question here, this is where things get tricky, and this is where you kind of get, I think, some debate on how this is kept and what the nature of the Sabbath is. Were the Christians keeping the Sabbath when they worshiped on Sunday? Because, hmm, why do you you phrase it that way? Why do you ask that question? Well, for one, okay, here's the thing. The Sabbath was clearly connected to the seventh day of the week. The stopping day. Yeah, the stopping day was connected to the seventh day of the week in the Old Covenant, okay? And you do get scenarios where some among the Jewish Christians, say like the Ebionites, for instance, they were a sect in Judaism. You had Christians among them who would keep the Sabbath in addition to worshiping with the church on the first day of the week. So it seems they still viewed those as distinct sort of days, right? Worship on one, Sabbath on the other? Yeah. Okay. So that makes it kind of interesting. And so you kind of get this feeling that, oh, well, like they weren't per se, keeping the Sabbath by worshiping on Sunday. In fact, for many of them, I mean, they would go back to work. They would be working. It's not the Sabbath unless you keep your BPM down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like they're carrying the heart of that, even though it's on a different day, even though some things are are evolving. It does seem like, and I'm definitely not the authority, but it seems like they're carrying the heart of that through. Yes. So... At this point, I'm running long now. You know, we're running out of <laughs> these when these episodes start running long. I feel bad for Zach because <laughs> then he has to come through here and comb through and edit everything. But here's the thing, because I'm really rambling on. I actually would like to come back and do another episode on this and dig into these issues a little more as far as the actual, the timing and the keeping. We don't have that kind of time or ability to keep that right now. <laughs> See how I play words there? Um, anyway, so maybe <laughs> I'd like to come back and revisit this. Here's where I think we land on this command, okay? Biblically speaking. Paul says in Romans 14, 5 through 6, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. So here's the thing. As a matter of wisdom, should you take a set apart day of rest and devotion to Christ out of six days of work? Yeah. You know what? That's a good idea. I mean, Look, as long as you can spare it, it seems like it's clear benefit to you. Yes, do that. There is something good for your heart. It's good for your body. You stand not to lose anything by doing that. And you do err on the side of following closely to the spirit of the law that okay. was given. Yeah. And here's the thing, okay, coming back to our culture. You did point out we have a two-day weekend. 
Yeah, but yeah, yeah. most often, the problem I run into when I'm doing pastoral counseling is people are overworking themselves almost to death. Really? They are not taking a day of rest really at all. I mean, they are uh, well, you can't worrying about work. Yeah. They, they're on their phone getting work notifications. Like, they never stop. Even if they're, say, at home with their family or they're out doing something with their family, they're still thinking about work. Mm. And I know that was the case for me for a long time. Like, I just couldn't turn it off mentally. And I mean, that affects your body, right? My heart's still like doing when I get a work-related <laughs> notification for some reason. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think our problem is that we're, there are some, of course, you can't just generalize a whole society. Like, of course, there are people who are slothful and aren't working hard when they should be working hard. Sure. But I, most of the cases that I deal with pastorally are people who are working too much. Hmm. They're overworking themselves so as a matter of wisdom i'm like you need to take a sabbath like you've got to do that you've got to do that you've got to take a set apart day to rest let your body be refreshed because the other thing that you are i think implicitly saying when you overwork let's say you are working seven days a week nonstop. There are, of course... Some people have to do... Yeah, I mean, some people you are do, really like, doing that to, to stay alive. Yeah, and there were cases like when I was in the military, you, like, when you're at war, you can't just take a day off, you know? Yo, it's my Sabbath. Yeah, like, it's come on, cessation, man. It's my so this is, what is that, yeah. also a cessation of fire? Yeah, come on, cease fire, bruh. Fun fact, the Israelites, they would do war-related things sometimes on the Sabbath. Yeah. So, like, I mean, anyway, <laughs> another episode again. We'll come back and revisit this. <laughs> All this to say, I do think we do frame ourselves sometimes as if we can become gods. Like we can control our our fates. And if we just work hard enough, we can make happen what we want to make happen and get everything we want. And we may not even be explicitly thinking that, but I think there is this implicit desire or something inside of us that when we are working too much, that's saying like, yeah, you need to rest. Mm. Like you need that. So yeah. Good stuff. That's where I land on that pastorally. And Where and when and how should we rest? Well, let each one be convinced in his own mind, as Paul would say. I do think as part of that, the Christian in particular, I don't know why I say Christian in particular, when we're talking about the Sabbath, we're talking about the people of God, but you know, neither here nor there. But corporate worship is a part of that in whatever capacity you can. And then you do want to do things that refresh and rest you. Which is going to look very different to different people. Right. So I'm going to take a hike. I'm like, uh, are you psychotic? (laughs) Well, there was, I can't ever remember this rabbi's name, but when he was talking about the Sabbath, he said, if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. And if you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. So like, it is not restful for me to read books on theology oh, yeah, well. or <laughs> things like that on my, I take Friday as my day off. And that's my day where I try to really, you know, turn off the phone, disconnect from work and be with Morgan and Abby and do things that are refreshing to me. I'll read on those days, but I'm reading fiction and biography. You know, I'm trying to do a hands-on activity with Morgan or Abby, you know, chase Abby around the house, draw you're something. You're Abby doesn't want to have some rigorous discourse? Yeah, she's she's not into the whole, let's of. discuss subsets of Trinitarian. Give you know, it time. Just, yeah, just time. Give just it time. time. So this is still, I think, a muddy issue. Here's the thing. Much like the commandment about no images, this is one you will hear a lot of dissension on this amongst, <laughs> you know, different strands and folks of people. Yeah. So anyway, all that's to say, I do think it is wisdom to keep a day of rest. I think you ought to do that especially in this hurried and harried day and age. Sure. And certainly a set-apart day of worship, at least. And, uh, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that for now. Okay. Come back and revisit maybe some of the deeper stuff in this episode because, woof, right. time, sacred time, mm. Shabbat time. <laughs> See how I did that there? Is that the Hebrew word? Yeah. That's fun. Mm. Call back to the beginning of the episode. Call back to the beginning. Mm. Well, you know what? Thanks for listening. Yeah. 
And if you were helped, want to leave an honest five-star review? You're welcome. Yeah, unless it's your Sabbath, don't. You can Don't leave her. <laughs> See, that's got to keep you on your toes. Mm. The door's open, you know? Yes. It's uh, be convinced in your own mind there you go. when you leave a five-star review. Bingo, bango. And if you want to interact with us, you want to ask more questions, if you disagree with us in a heated manner, that's okay. let us know. Email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Mm-hmm. Clearly, if that's the case, they're convinced in their own minds. So. There we go. Yeah, that's it. There you go. In some way, we're on the right track. Yeah, there we go. So thank you, as always, for listening. And enjoy rest day this week, and we'll catch you. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.